everybody, it's Drew. It's Blake. And you're listening to the Lock, Stock, and Two Spoken Controllers podcast. Everybody, welcome to episode 33. We're going to forego the social media stuff on the front end here uh, to ask a question. Uh, in an effort to try to get these podcasts out faster because we just obviously can't manage it on our own because we're retarded babies, uh, we want to see if there's anybody out there in the audience who is maybe interested in joining our team. We just really need somebody with about as much editing experience as you've witnessed in the podcast. People who know how to edit audio can probably see where the editing is and what I do for the podcast and uh, where the where and how the music drops in and just the general. I mean, it's not rocket science what I've been doing, um, but I would like it's really like I said, first off, it's, a, it's an effort to maybe. Uh, get these out faster and maybe even get them on a regular schedule uh, we've been really bad about that and uh, if you're interested in maybe reaching out to us about uh, maybe doing that or joining our team just send an email to uh, two smoking controllers at gmail.com that's the number two smoking controllers uh, at gmail.com uh, just uh, subject you know editor inquiry or something like that and I'll, I'll read about it i can i can i'll respond pretty much immediately if you want to ask about what the what it entails i will go ahead and lead so it'll save some people some time uh this is a passion product passion product passion project passion project there we go as you can see i'm real passionate about it mm-hmm. passion project uh we don't get paid for this as y'all may have noticed i draw I, I dropped the uh the the um the ads the yeah the ads off the front end because it was just it was just the ads of the of our podcast thingy anchor so there's really no money in this for us right now I don't know who knows what the future holds or anything so there's no we wouldn't be able to pay anybody but we'd hope somebody that was that enjoys the podcast enough and would just love to get on here with us and get some behind the scenes stuff and just have a, have a good time with us. Because we do have a lot of fun uh, recording these. I just have less fun trying to get them out in a timely manner. That's not to say you won't ever get paid, whoever gets on here. Uh, I got a couple other things I wanted to do with the podcast that may involve money. Uh, and the editor of sorts would be the first person that would get have, have kind of dibs on the any kind of, any kind of income before we would. Just because we're not terribly interested in the, the money of this. But... uh. Anyway, I, I think I've rambled on enough about it. I think you get the idea. Hopefully, somebody are on it. We got we got, a, we got more listeners than we ever thought we'd have. Yeah. Uh, so maybe there's somebody out there who's interested and just just wants to help out. We'd uh, really appreciate it. With that, I'll, uh, we're going to do two games and a TV show today, right? Yeah, we're doing a TV show. So today. two games and a TV show, and I'll let Blake take over with the first game here. Thanks, guys. Our first game is called West of Loathing. 
I believe it is our second Switch title. Yeah, I think... Um, That's it, right? Pokemon. What else? Is there anything else? I don't think so. Just yeah, We avoid a Switch like the plague because Switches are boring. Mm-hmm. If this game... No, we'll talk We'll talk about it. If this game was... Well, actually, I'll go say it right here. If, if West of Loathing was on any other console, I may have completed it. <laughs> I just have a... When I'm playing the Switch, I have a nagging thing in the back of my head like I could be playing something better somewhere else I don't know it ain't really not that the other consoles would make this game any better because we'll, we'll talk about what, what this game is uh, first and foremost uh, it was published and developed by asymmetric publications Ooh. I feel like they shouldn't put publications on there is it the developer? that's the developer yeah Look at asymmetric studio sounds better than Publications. Well, they've been around for some time. Yeah, this is their first? Uh, no. Okay. Uh, they originally got their start with a browser-based multiplayer hmm. back in 2003 called Kingdom of Loathing. Oh, so this is kind of a... This was an expansion that became... They really loved the idea, so they, they turned it into a full-blown game. Hmm. Can you play Kingdom, Kingdom of Loathing? Yeah, it, as far as I know, it's still going. Mm, cool, cool. You just go to kingdomofloathing.com, I think. Mm. You, you didn't try that? No. <laughs> so, let's see here. As he squints to read his notes. I have no lighting. Uh, okay. They, they are a total of six people. The, mm-hmm. uh, the entire people. They've only made three games. Mm-hmm. Since 03, they've done the Kingdom of Loathing, but they've kept constant updates, updates. and outgoings yeah. going to. Then they did another one called, back in 2013, called Word Realms. And it's basically, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? You know, the puzzle fighter, you know, puzzle Tetris? Mm-hmm. It's literally that, but it's Scrabble. It's fighter Scrabble. You try, to, you try to make words with the with the letters you have, and then they fight. Yeah, and that's, they, that's basically it's literally that. That's funny. You have to like words quite a bit, or Scrabble. I'm not good at that. And then West of Loathing itself, I think, was originally on the web as well. Yeah. And then later they released it for the Switch and uh, the um, the Google Stadia. Yeah, because it wouldn't take much to stream this game. Mm-mm. So they just did that. The art to the game is <laughs> how do we hmm you play a ragdoll stick figure. Yeah. And the whole everything's drawn like a uh, like a grade school kid's notebook when they're drawing uh adventures or people or buildings, cows. Yeah. It looks like an elementary school kid's art book. <laughs> It's not a talented arts, not a talented elementary kid. It's classified as a turn-based stick figure RPG. It's yeah. literally what it's classified as. Yeah, so uh, it's an art style that they're uh, going for on purpose. It's not a matter of they, they're not talented. It's like, this is it's funny to them, I assume, and uh, it's how it's supposed to look. It makes the game just silly. Yeah, just the game's supposed to be silly. I'll, I'll bet you because I, I wanted to remember that. Uh, 
you know, that's uh, stick figures with white backgrounds, they do endless options because there's jokes all over this game. All over. That everything's a joke pretty much. That in the settings, they have a colorblind mode that you can switch on and off. Just for funsies. Yeah. So there's, or maybe they're trying to be accessible to everybody. Because I don't think colorblind people, have, I, don't, I think it's really red, blue, and greens. So. Yeah, it tends to be yeah red, blue, and green as far as I know. So I thought that was pretty funny. I found that when I was just digging through the through the menus. Like you said, there's um, jokes everywhere in this game. Yeah, everything's a joke. <laughs> so to the point, when you start the game up, you start on your family's farm. And this kind of, it's not the prologue, this is just kind of the intro. I think it is a prologue because I think in subsequent playthroughs, the game knows that you've played it already and you could skip to the to the first town okay because I, I well because i had quit before before i quit again when i started a new game to try to figure out where i was just mm-hmm. to start over it asked me if i wanted to skip the whole beginning part so it kind of is a prologue a skippable prologue once you've completed it once okay well the whole point of the prologue is it just sets up what little story there is of the game is you're basically heading west from the family farm to seek your fortune in frisco yeah, that's that is the whole story of the game. So the little demon cows. There's there's not any more story on that. They're just hell cows. That's all there is. To it. I know there's you meet characters who have been a uh, their lives have been torn apart by the like what, what are they called? They call it the, the the cows. The I think they're called hell cows hell or cow? infernal cows. Something infernal like that. cows. It's like just this is demon cows that are wreaking havoc on the countryside. Mm-hmm. But that's how the story starts. And once you're on the family farm, you get to pick one of your three starter classes. Yeah. This is where the RPG element comes in, the tabletop stuff. Is you have your melee, your magic user, and your rogue. Mm-hmm. But instead of being called something cool, your melee user is called a cow puncher. Yeah, that was me. That's what I picked. Your mage is called a bean slinger. <laughs> and then your rogue is called a snake oiler. Mm-hmm. That's the least entertaining. Yeah. I... I is always anytime I play an RPG, I always play or try my best to create a magic user. Mm-hmm. And Drew always goes with the melee character, so rogues kind of fall off by the wayside. Uh, but once you pick your class, you do a couple little things around the family farm, and you know, a little side quest teaches you, you know, side quests, so on and so forth. We we get experience for just doing random things. And then before you leave, based on conversations you had with your family members, and I think based on your your class you picked, is your mother sends you gives you like two or three books before you leave, and that starts your first set of uh, 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 skills acquired. Because mm-hmm. you don't acquire many skills through level up. Everything you acquire is through reading or through interactions with objects. To the point, one of the first things you can get and it doesn't do anything, but it's a book in your apartment after you've left your town. After you left your family farm, you make it to the, the first official town of Dirtwater. <laughs> and once here you go through several side quests around the area, and you have to pick one of one of five companion, four companions that you have the rest of the game. That's it. You don't get another partner besides this yeah. one you pick at the very beginning. So, once you get to your to Dirtwater, your choices are a lady named Doc Alice, a goblin named Gary, <laughs> a gentleman named Crazy Pete, 
and then uh, a sharpshooter named Susie Cochran. And based on which one you pick, that also augments the game. The game isn't randomly generated. You can get everything in the game. Doesn't it? Well, it doesn't it randomly select what stuff you see every time you like when you're out on the in the country. Doesn't it randomly select like the, what, what's going to show up on your map? Well, it, it, yeah. What Drew's saying is when you when you're on the world map of the town, you have an option to go straight to where you're going to. Yeah. Or a thing called wander. We just kind of like literally go in a circle and it might spawn a random fight or it might trigger the uh, uh, a new location being found. Yeah, and those locations are kind of determined by your partner? But yes, by you and your partner. It's like cer- your partners are more likely to find certain items. Yeah. Like uh, Doc Alice is more prone to find uh, uh, shops. Which partner did you pick, actually? Oh, I ended up going with Susie Cochran. She's, same, same thing I did. She's the sharpshooter. And yeah. she's powerful yeah it's the same I really thing I enjoyed did. her because uh with Susie when you wander with her she's more likely to find like ranches barns stuff like that for crazy Pete crazy Pete's more likely to find what is it find mines and like bars ghost towns the uh the doc Alice is more likely to find shops towns yeah and then, but you can still find all this stuff yeah. eventually. Eventually, you can wonder enough. Every you will find everything in the game. Well, if you, the game doesn't make you. No, no. You can just like do what you want to do and then just kind of move on. And like I said, Doc Alice does like towns and shops, while Gary the Goblin is more likely to find caves and mines and stuff like that. Yeah. Or no, caves and cemeteries. That's what he looks for. Now all these areas you find, the each area you find has its own individual story wrapped up in itself. So it's like little mini episodes everywhere you go, and some of them are fun. Some of them get, some of them are basic. He's going to kill the bandits, leave done. Other ones you go in, solve a puzzle. Some others get, some of the puzzles get very intricate. Like you have to brew a special beer specifically or yeah. brine a pickle perfectly. I found a. It kind of leads into the other thing I want to say. I found a lot of the stuff very convoluted. It's very convoluted. Which leads me to say there is nobody's made like a, like a really good guide for this game. Like you can, there's so many like, and a lot of things you do lead to where you can't do other things and stuff like that. Like it's very, and very. There's a lot of there's a lot of choices to be had, and then you you, you don't know what you're missing on the other side. It auto saves constantly, and I couldn't find a way to like. Cheat the autosave? Cheat the autosave. Yeah. Because you can go to a quest, like a perfect example is brewing the beer. Yeah. Because once you brew it, in some cases you get like three chances to brew the beer. And if you mess up all three times, quest done. You, quest is done. Period. Because yeah. you ruin the equipment that you're using. See, some of this stuff is kind of um, hardcore considering how the game looks. <laughs> yeah, some of the mechanics are very hardcore considering how... Whimsical, the game is presented to you. Mm-hmm. That also means, I, I guess, it also, I guess, pushes the urge for replay value. Like, oh man, I messed that. Because yeah, even though, even though I didn't beat it, the game's supposedly very, very short. I've tried two times to play it, and it's really, it's really just the switch. But uh, supposedly, it's incredibly short. I think if you just plow straight through, yes, very much so. And everything has not a set way. 
Because one one of your main main story quests is you have to build a bridge for a railroad to get to like because the game is broken up into three large areas, mm-hmm. and I fully searched and I got everything in the first area. That's the dirt. Is that the prologue? The, the, the dirt, dirt, the dirt water, water area. And then you're because each uh, of the air each three areas have a um, like a hub town. A hub town, yeah. What's the second town? I don't even remember. It was a while ago when I played this. I, I, I played a few weeks ago. I don't remember. Because you have Dirtwater and its first area, and I found everything to find there. Even even that prologue stuff's convoluted. How to, how to even get the other characters? How to um, like Crazy Pete? You got to find his horses. Like even finding the horses. Uh, Gary the Goblin. You have to have read a book in town that teaches you goblin language. And if you don't do that before you go down into the basement at the bar, you just fight him and you kill just him. fight him and kill him, and yeah. you just don't even know. You think it's just a side quest. You don't know it's a character you can get. Yeah. The game is very f- silly, very fun, and it also has one of the cool things because all the skills you get, it has an auto level up system if you don't want to worry about it, mm-hmm. or you can pick your stuff. I kind of prefer that you pick pick my own stuff. Because yeah. I would learn some skills that weren't exactly necessary. Yeah, no waste points in them. Yeah, because as you're going through, you get, you have a, a melee weapon, a ranged weapon, and then you have ma- uh, magic skills. Mm-hmm. And I was getting skills that were like, ooh, boost your melee damage or boost your ranged damage, which are great, but my main focus was magic. Yeah, uh, the boosting melee stuff, you had skills that like, uh, you have like AP and... It determines how how much stuff you can do in your it's turn. Like your AP MP bar. But uh, you have skills like I had the skill to uh, raise my attack power for the battle that didn't that didn't use my turn. So I was able to like strengthen like power up. I forget what it was called, and then I was able to power up and attack in the same turn. So that was kind of neat. I was able to do the same thing with my my uh, magic user. I was able to. There's like three skills I had. Uh, it was like summoning a bean familiar. <laughs> and because uh, I read a bunch of necromancy books called Nexmax, the more I read it, it 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 actually the more I became a magic user in necromancy, the more grotesque I became, and people would run from me and not talk to me. I would get bad deals in shops, not really, and stuff like that. People were like, oh. I would get like 10% boosted on, and it's like having like really crappy charisma in yeah. D or something. Basically, yeah. It's very tabletopy in a lot of its stuff. Yeah, it's a big influence for it. And so, speaking of me being a um, necromancer, one, and you have to build a bridge. I'm getting back to this. Okay, I know I went on a tangent, but you have a big story mission to build a bridge, and you have a bunch of options. You have like, ooh, go, 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 mine a bunch of gold and make a gold bridge, or go, I say, go steal a bunch of gold, and make a gold bridge, go mine a whole bunch of rocks and timber and make an actual bridge or for me uh because i had so much necromancy in my blood it was like hey there's a cemetery nearby just use necromancy and make a bone bridge that's awesome that you had that many options yeah, yeah. that's as furry further than i is that was that the bridge to the final map or mm-hmm. something so yeah i didn't even do that i got kind of wound up in the just running around in circles it can be you have to set your own things your own uh, uh, points of interest destination stuff like that because if 
you can wander forever. Well, ish. And it's very floundering, like I said, because each area is by itself. Mm-hmm. And sometimes they're really fun, sometimes they're not, but... Yeah, so you ended up building a bone bridge? I ended up, I, I used my necromancy <laughs> and built a bone bridge of the using the nearby gravesite. That's really quite awesome. Yeah. It's stuff like that you wish this game wasn't uh wasn't stick figure art. If it had some legit graphics it would be crazy looking. I, at this point I would be I'd settle for even pixelated maybe. Yeah. Just to make it but it, it's still fun and also like leaves a lot to your imagination too, which is also kinda cool at the same time. Yeah. And uh, let's see here. So what do you end up doing in the see I never saw the third map, so Well the because you make a, you have to like move a bunch of boulders out of the way in the first area. The second area is build a bridge, and the third area is just make it to Frisco. Hmm. And then once you get to Frisco, there's some side quests to get the town like going. Because there's, there's like some local bandits who have taken it over, and it's like, oh, go here, do this, do that. Yeah, so more, more of the same. More of the same. That's my problem. Is I, as I went through, I started getting burnt out. Yeah. So I started wandering, wandering less and less and less. Yeah. By the time I got to the final area, I didn't do. A, I did what was required, and that was it. You didn't beat the game because I was I was getting kind of burnt out. So on there it. is an ending of sorts. Sort of, yeah. Yeah. Huh. It's not very. It's one of those things where it's about the journey, not the destination. In this particular situation, yeah, that's not wrong with that. Most most video games have bad endings. <laughs> True. It's hard to end. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. Do know that there the game itself is very, very well received. Like looking through a bunch of like the scores and stuff, I didn't see anything below a seven. Well, yeah. just because it, it it is what it is, and it's not ashamed of it. Yeah, that's it. It's on part. I mean, it'd be it'd be different if somebody was trying, yeah, real hard to make something, and it looked like it well, or if they looked like this, it was the best they could do, and the writing didn't match up and stuff like that. But the jokes weren't there. The jokes range from like, like heavy sigh. Yeah. To like, <laughs> that was funny. Because I went to a uh, one of the cemeteries I found. I don't know where, but it was literally the, uh, the it was called the grave graves of Dave. Mm-hmm. It was it was an entire cemetery of everyone named Dave or David something. Yeah. And I, one of the ones I found was a D. Duchovny. He wanted to believe, and they got him for it. <laughs> There's a couple of other ones. You know, the references and stuff. All, loaded with pop culture references and just even random things. Like, in certain cases, there's like, uh, Star Wars is everywhere. You can see outside sometimes bandit bases, they'll have the rebel sigil on a flag flailing in the, flailing in the background and stuff like that. Just random little silly stuff. And random... Random skills everywhere. Reading books. There's skills. It's, it's literally called... What was that book you read? It made, made you walk funny? It's literally called The Book of Silly Walks. Yeah. And you read it, and then for the rest of the game, your character, I'm talking, walks like the most bow-legged cowboy you ever done seen, and he flails his, his arms like the wacky inflatable flailing on two man. Yeah. And then some skills you get, walk into a cactus five times. It's like, ooh, needle-proof skin. And you get like five, like, H, five HP, yeah, five extra HP. Yeah, uh, <laughs> passive skills and active skills yeah. galore. Yeah, a lot. Well, the, the book's beginning. There's lock picking. Uh, what was the other ones? Well, uh, you have you know lock picking, and then like um, 
Cowpuncher Encyclopedia, Beanslinger Encyclopedia, and Snake Oiler Encyclopedia, depending on which one you chose, it puts them in their place. Yeah. And that unlocks you skills. And there's like hat eating, uh, cooking, stuff like that. Like one of the things I found was, um, was it creating a flaming hot bean chili and doing that? I my, one of my bean slinger spells, which was to fl- throw a fireball or a a chili bean at somebody. <laughs> it just it made the chili bean hit for more damage or yeah. get bigger or multiple like a shotgun blast. It yeah. augmented my skills on that. I just had a bunch of different uh, just melee skills and mostly just hit getting stronger, hitting harder. That I have a uh, the girl just shoot. Yeah, yeah. Um, I do want to bring that up just so there's no confusion. Depending on what character you pick at the beginning of the game, they only level up through certain interactions. Or fighting certain things, like fighting certain things, like uh, Susie's her name, Susie Cochran. Susie Cochran. Since her family was killed by the uh, the infernal bull, infernal bull cows, like she actually only levels up if you fight and kill cows. And I think Gary only levels up if you're nice to goblins and you help out goblins and stuff like that. Yeah. So it's not, so it's not all combat related? Not really? Uh, I think they are all combat related, but like if you're helping at goblins. Yeah. And somebody, somebody's is, uh, I don't know if it's the doctors is killing, somebody's just, somebody's just killing skeletons. I think the doctors is killing because she's all about life. So you any anytime you kill undead. Well, it's good too. for her. Yeah, she, she levels up, which I didn't. Uh, I, mean, I didn't play enough for it to, for me to warrant. I, I debate going back to the game, but then I could be playing Xbox or something. So, because it's like, there are cool moments too, just like any good RPG, where there are like if you're doing a, a particular quest, there are a. Uh, it's an infinite enemy spawner, so you can train there. I think there's one for every type. There was one in the graveyard where I was fighting, but I had the wrong character for it, but I could summon infinite skeletons. But there's ones like in some of the burnt down farms and stuff like that where you'll fight an infinite floating cow head and stuff like that. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, we know there is DLC, but uh, Blake, I, I wasn't, I mean, I didn't get far, I didn't, I didn't beat the game. Uh, Blake just didn't really. Uh, go back to it to play it yet. Are you still, do you plan on maybe playing the DLC at some point or just not going to bother? I don't think I'm going to bother. Even for some new jokes? Because I, I played through once. I had my fill. I don't think I would play it again because I don't think... the Because I already know a lot of the jokes. I'm like, I remember that from last time. I don't... I can yeah. be different if I picked and I played specific. Like if I was, say, I had a Doc and I only did towns and shops and I avoided everything like you can like I said you can customize your playthrough yeah but I was getting everything in one playthrough and so I kind of saw everything that I wanted to see and I I I recommend it to anybody I'll recommend it to anybody all day long but I won't play it again yeah I don't think it's very expensive I mean I I think it's maybe I used some whatever Nintendo gold points to make it cheaper but I swear I only paid four or five dollars for the whole thing yeah, well, I think that in the DLC only like three ninety nine or four ninety nine. I, I didn't look since you said you weren't going to play. I, I didn't even bother looking at it. That's fair. Yeah, it's called a something at something at Gun Manor. We looked, we looked at Reckoning it. Reckoning at Gun Manor. Yeah, so that's and probably it, it takes place on its own map. Okay, it, it's completely se- not separate, but it's it takes place on its own little mini map where you wander and everything. Hmm. 
as well as explore. They could the, be if, if it's anything like you know, I don't I don't know how Kingdom of Loathing plays, but I assume they'd keep adding to this. Maybe if, if it's doing well, then they tend to support their games. So yeah. Uh, did you read anything about them moving forward? All I know is the, the more most recently, well, February 2019 is when the reckoning of at Gun Manor came out. February 2019, yeah. not 2020. 2019. Dang, we're way behind on that one. That's fine. So, so I guess if it's been over a year, well, well over a year now. They're either they're, working on another DLC or they're or a whole other game at this point. Who knows? Yeah. All right. Well, the game's not very expensive. Uh, don't don't listen to me about not not beating it. That's just that's just me. Uh, getting bored looking at a Switch. I uh, get bored pretty rapidly. We have a, I don't ever ever play our Switch games. I mean, so that's just that's just that is, it is what it is. The Switch, the Switch bores me to tears. Uh, unfortunately, that's not the game's fault. But if I'm gonna, I would rather play a. Uh... Yeah, if it ports, if it reports to Xbox or even PlayStation, I'd probably play the whole thing by the DLC. I do it all. Probably, or somebody put out a decent guide. Like, it's like a Wikipedia page that kind of tells you where to go, but like it's confusing because uh, everything's so layered. Sometimes the the page would be like, "If you did this, you could do this here now." I'm like, "Do what?" You have to click on something, quick, quick, quick on another place and go read about that other place. Like, oh crap, I need to go back there and do that first to come back here and do this, or I'd read something and already be too late. Oh yeah, yeah, it's it's, it's layered, yeah. but it, it don't let it sound. Um, which I'm looking for, like, too scary, too overwhelming. You just play straight through. Don't even worry about it. Stuff will happen. Stuff won't happen. It won't. It won't matter. You can just play. Through. You don't have to use a guide. You can just play through, and have, whatever happens, happens. Mm-hmm. That's just how it is. Uh, you got anything else about it? No, I think it's... already. Uh, I'd already previously picked music for this. It's just kind of some. I'll probably play a couple of songs. It's really just uh, some hoot nanny ho downs. Yeah, it's just some dun, 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 dun. country country music. I guess I'll play a couple of songs throughout this little. Part of the podcast. You ready to move on to our, yeah. our second game? So you can game? go ahead and move on to our uh, second game here, which is uh, completely different. It's a, not even the same genre, same same anything about this game. But you can go ahead with it, Blake. Our next game is called uh, Blackwood Crossing. There is a voice that's Sounds like it could be the name of a town from west of Lowly. It probably, it probably is, in all honesty. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. Blackwood Crossing, the developer, is Paper 7. Now, as far as I can tell, they're from Brighton in, in the UK. And it's only 15 people. Mm-hmm. And this is their first, uh, first original console game. Mm-hmm. Everything else, to my understanding, they've only helped get made. Mm-hmm. And even then, it, they only helped on, I think, three games. Anything noteworthy? One was called uh, Pure. I think it's a racing game or something. Pure? Pure might be a racing game. And then Split Second, which I know is a racing game. Yeah. And then The Room. Like the phone game, The Room? I think so. <laughs> and they also have... Um, it's, none, of that, none of that leads to what this game is. <laughs> Except for one cool note, 
is the the writer for the room. Oliver Reed Smith wrote Blackwood Crossing. Okay. So there's yeah. a small little connection there. Oh. Uh, see here. The kind of game it is. The kind. It how, is, do, how do you explain it? It is a first-person narrative-driven experience with some puzzles, light, light exploration, and puzzles. Yeah, because the puzzles. Uh, we'll get into it. I guess the. Well, I guess we'll do. We'll do graphics first before we talk about the puzzles. Graphics is a. Uh, it is a. Not caricatures. Does it kind of look like Life is Strange? It's funny you mentioned that. I felt right at home. I much in, I enjoyed this a lot more than I did Life is Strange too. Too, yeah. Well, they're very different games, but uh, this is another sibling game. Actually, ironically enough, now that I'm thinking about it, it's another sibling game. But the adventure is nowhere near as grand as our little sibling episode. This adventure is nowhere near as sprawling but it is about a brother and a sister but they but visually i mean what, what, what i to get try to get the visuals across it's uh they're they're realistic characters but there's also some surrealism going on they're like life is strange or maybe more lifelike pixar Pixar too cartoony. Pixar be too cartoony. It's kind of hard. It's kind of hard to because I'm no art major, so I wouldn't be like, oh, this is actually a caricature of surrealism that's on the you know. 1942s. Yeah, I couldn't be some nasally know it all, but I, the art was good. I'm not yeah. complaining all about the, yeah, that. The, game the art cool. was very yeah. good. Yeah. And I guess I guess it is going more towards a realistic look, even though the characters look kind of cartoony, but the game the game and the environments are going for a like a grounded in realism yeah. kind of thing. Like regardless, I love the art. I, I yeah. love the art stuff. Yeah, I thought it was cool, very yeah. pretty for what it was. And there's lots of cool little uh, fantastical flares. There's, there's a lot of, uh, I guess it's imagination and magic and stuff like that kind of happening throughout the, because you have the normal environments that get kind of pulled apart and kind of kind of blown up with like fantastical yeah. stuff. Like, oh, let's climb this, uh, let's climb this ladder to go up to the treehouse. And the ladder just kind of expands into like a bit of a beanstalk, or, and or even like you said, the treehouse. We're, we're, we're jumping around a bit, but you'll be on the tra- some of the train sequences, mm-hmm. and the a ladder will appear in the middle middle of the train, and you'll climb up the ladder out of the train into the treehouse. It's kind of then kind of dreamlike and stuff like that. It's kind of neat. Okay, the story. Like I guess it, it's a sibling story. Yeah, we're following uh, Scarlet and her little brother Finn. Mm-hmm. And they are on a train ride to to their parents or to their grandparents, I believe. Uh, it's been a long. It's actually, this is actually we're, we're digging deep for this game. It's been a while since we played it. Oh, real quick before we continue, it did get it got its. It's really funny. It came out February fourth, twenty seventeen, on the PS four, mm-hmm. and then for Xbox and PC, April fifth, the very next day. On yeah. 2017, it's, it's weird weirdness. we didn't do that. Yeah, as far as I could tell, I don't think it's available on the on the Switch. Yeah, and but we 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 played on Xbox, of course, and got all. And there's a there's a TA guide which led us to getting uh, all the achievements for, which I don't think it's I not think it, very long. It's not no. very long, but no. But I think uh, without a TA, I think there's a bunch of uh, uh, specific things. It's one of those games where you could like play straight through. And you'll miss most of the achievements because you didn't do. Is it, is it one of those where you gotta yeah. like 
like the story will lead you this way, but if you turn back this way and like touch this thing, it clicks an achievement. Like it's it's, like, it's, it's kind of is it one of those? Yeah, turn around and touch the butterfly statue or yeah. interact with. Yeah, it's like you got so you can actually miss quite a bit, but the TA guy just kind of make sure that you uh, do and do all the right things and touch all the right stuff to make sure you get the whole thing in one in one run through. I did want to mention also uh, talking about the developer. It only took them twenty months. So it wasn't even a full two years to make this game. Mm-hmm. Team, of, team of 15, I guess that's pretty. And I'm, I think it was all voice acted, right? Oh, yeah. It was it's all, all voice, voice acting. Acted. So, yeah. so it was we, all... Which we appreciate. We can come across so many games without voice acting these days. I just think it's... We've complained before, but, I mean, have your, have your development staff do some voices. Just do something. At the very least. Uh-huh. Again, earlier... Get it's... a hobo off the street to voice something. Yeah, pretty much. Give him a sandwich. Have him say a few lines. Yeah, okay. A good example would be like if you enjoyed uh, Gone Home, Dear Esther, or Firewatch, you'll enjoy this game. I would, I think so. Yeah, I, I would say that this game is really under the radar. Yes, very much so. Considering the how those those you you just had a bunch of big ones, a bunch of big famous. Yeah, those ones. those are huge, big famous ones. Uh, the this one did fall quite under the radar, unfortunately, because it it does tell a. An interesting tale with a, uh, a twist ending. We won't. Uh, we don't want to spoil because uh, the ending's kind of where this is actually where the destination is uh, as good as the journey. Maybe. Oh yeah. Actually. Very that, much. That, so. Now that we mentioned that before, yeah, this actually because this actually has an ending where you're like, oh man, it's actually good. Oh yeah. Like I said, um, now we've we've kind of beat around the bush a little bit, but you you find out very early on that the kids have powers. Yeah, is it, is, is it? It's, I think it's in the trailer. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah. It's in the it's in the game trailer, but uh, is it spo- is, like, is is it in their imagination? Like, don't they have like just don't they, don't they have just like big time imaginations? Because like they it's, it's like the the boring train ride, and then like but they but they have they spice it up with with, with their imaginations. No I don't, comment. I don't remember if it's like if it's like. I just don't remember if it was like, like legit. They the game like you have powers, or if it's the kids just just have. Wild, I, th- I, th- I feel like the whole game's about imagination. Yeah. To an extent, I think it's kind of clear because of even on the train, how event, how 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 the way things maneuver around the train and the things you do, the puzzles on the train, which are kind of neat, is you talk to people in a certain order to make the event play out the way you need it to, and then it moves on to the next part of the train. Speaking of the train, the train has one of the creepier things that are going on because it's conversations going on that that happened before the train ride that leads to the train ride, and you see all these people having a conversation, but they're uh, they're people, but they don't have faces. Instead, they have these really kind of um, over exaggerated and creepy paper mache animal masks. Yeah, look cool. They're you know lion, lioness, rabbit, moose, deer, yeah. and each one represents like mom, dad, teacher, yeah, grandma, maybe. grandma, grandpa, something yeah. like that. And you walk through the train, or through the cart rather of the train, and you have to speak to them, but you're you're hearing conversations vastly out of order, and you're hearing like the first part of one conversation, and then the second part of a vastly different conversation. Yeah, but they they're talking together, so you, instead you have to be like okay. 
So lion is having a conversation with moose. So you have to then go talk to lion, talk to moose, and it puts them together. And it just kind of like, it fades away the room. as you, And then once you've completed it, it'll play out the entire, entire the entire room the way that it was supposed to be. And you get a lot of like, you know, it's disjointed, but then it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. It's neat. It may sound annoying as we're saying it, but uh, I don't think I think I think the mystery of it and the the way things look keep it uh, interested interesting. And with the TA guide, well, well the TA guide told us exactly who to talk to in what order, so we kind of spoiled that a little bit. But uh, I mean, hell, get, but get, get used to the guide. We ran through the whole game in two hours. The whole thing only two hours. It only took me two hours. Okay, and it was a very enjoyable two hours. Yeah, unlike the twenty one I spent in Life is Strange too. Yeah, <laughs> I do. I don't remember a lot of the music. I remember it was even more ambiotic yeah, or amb- ambient. I don't know. What... I couldn't find any music because the game's so under the radar. It's hard when when, so, when stuff's small like this. It's far to, are hard. To, I did find there is a song by a dude. Is, yeah. is, there, is there any relevance to that guy? Uh, his name is Ben Otwell, and I honestly don't know. Is is it the Crossing? The cro- the song. The only song I found was a song called The Crossing, which I don't know if he even wrote. I think they wrote it for like the, he wrote for it for the game for the game yeah from my understanding so I'll play I'll probably already played that in the beginning um, it's so, a good song so there is only and I'll say I, I say only but, but there is only there is train sequences and then there's treehouse right and you do different things in the treehouse well there's train treehouse island oh the island I forgot about the island yeah train treehouse island. And I think that's honestly it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and it, I mean, it sounds repetitive, but each of the places you kind of are putting together, uh, you got to put events in order. Like in the treehouse, there's there's different items to click on, and you got to click on the items in the right order, and then you watch the scene. I feel like there's another game that did this before. Um, uh, I've I've talked about it before, and I love it to death. Vanishing Vith and Carter. You have to go around. Ethan Carter, have... that's right. We haven't talked about vanishing yet, but we will because we're going to replay it on Xbox. I don't want to spoil too much of that. But that you're right. Vanishing is where you got to put the stuff together. Because there's that that like the train thing. The, the train beginning. accident. Ironically, there's a train in that yeah. one too. But uh, yeah, that's right. Van- I knew there was another game I played that was kind of like this. Vanishing got some notice, but still under the radar. I, I, I've talked about it before. I don't want to overhype it, but I think of this style of a story driven. First person narrative. Yeah, I honestly think Vanishing Ethan Carter is my favorite. Yeah, so we'll we'll talk about Vanishing eventually. Eventually, yeah, we're gonna re- we played we we already got the like the platinum on PlayStation because it's not that difficult when we got it on Xbox not now. So anyway, but that was that's cool. That's the game I was thinking of Vanishing. So every place you go to the train, the treehouse again, you're clicking on stuff trying to find the right order thing, and then you watch a whole scene play out, and you learn more stuff every time, and then you go back to the train. And you'll be a different you'll be a, a different cart, cart yeah. and you do kind of the same thing again. Sort of, it's it's it sounds repetitive, but like the doing of it is interesting. And the other thing is, you might it doesn't happen often, but they sprinkle in there just enough. But you might rehear an exact same conversation, but now knowing more. Yeah. Of what that conversation actually means. Yeah, it does. It does that on all of them, even yeah. the, the certain events on the in the treehouse and the events again on, on the on the island. After I forget, there's I don't remember the significance of the island. The island is a because uh, I think that it has something to do with like the family lived on a pier, not a pier, but lived on like a peninsula. Yeah, and they traveled 
from fairy to the peninsula type thing. Yeah. It was something like that. It makes sense to the game. It's not just like, here's an island. Here's an island. Yeah, I mean, it, there's some, some meaning to it. The island again, you're running. The island is probably the hardest one because you have to run. Now, we're not talking open world. But considering you go from a train cart to a little tree house and then the island, you have to run around the island a little bit to try to find the, click the different things to put them in the right order. Again, the island's probably the hardest one, but with a, with a guide, you can kind of just get through it and hear this and watch the story play out. I thoroughly enjoyed it. And I, 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 I recommend this to anybody and everybody. It's yeah. a very good game. Yeah, so it's only say like a couple of hours. We, we we had we had to have bought. This isn't a Game Pass thing. This is something we bought a, a long, long time ago, and probably sat on our little sat on our consoles for a long time until we rolled around to it. We had a couple other uh, short games still sitting on our consoles that we need to bust through. But I I don't remember everything. I remember the ending itself. What the ending is about. We can't we can't spoil the ending because the ending is the whole point. Like this is where the journey, like I said, the journey and the destination are kind of equal in this. Uh, and the endings were just kind of where kind of where it all comes together, and you and you kind of like sit there, just kind of like pondering everything that you've heard throughout, and how it leads to the ending itself. And you're like, hmm, dang, I wish I. And some other and some things you saw before make sense because of the ending. Yeah. Uh, it all it all kind of comes together really well, surprisingly well, I'll say, because I think it's kind of because uh, some parts, even when you're getting told the rest of the story, you're still kind of like, what's going on here? Like, what's happening? And the kid and and the way the and even out, outside of the quest, out quest, outside of the puzzles, the brother and the sister are constantly interacting with different things they're constantly. talking about, and they they're remembering things and different. It's 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 very strange, but uh, very good. And I think it's I think it's well voice acted. I, I I don't remember I don't I don't remember hating either either of the because the kids are tough. You know sometimes Always. they can they can be uh, they can be annoying depending on how they're voiced how they're handled. But we should have. We should have paired this game with the other sibling game. We should have done like a whole sibling yeah. podcast, probably. Because, uh, but these still turn out being uh, really well done. And this you say a- this is more enjoyable than oh, yeah. two hours is better than twenty of Life is Strange two. Hands down. This game, this game knows not to. Granted that the development team had only probably had so much work they could do, but they designed a game that doesn't overstay its welcome. Mm-mm. And we talk, we we talked about before about a a lot of games. That'll you can play a a ten hour game that feels like fifty, and then a fifty hour game that flies by that feels like ten hours. Like it just depends on the game and the pacing and fun factor, really. I still firmly go by the adage: leave them wanting more. Yeah, always. If you're gonna play a game, if you're gonna create a game or make a movie, TV show, something like that, any sort of creative endeavor, don't beat. Don't keep milking that dead cow. Don't beat that dead horse. Yeah. Just do what you got to do and get it done. And people are like, oh, man, I wish there was more. Yeah. Cool. If they want more, guess what? They can rewatch it. They could redo it. Or yeah. who knows? Maybe in this day and age, 10 years later, they can make a sequel. Like, there's plenty of examples of that nowadays. Yeah. I'd play another one of these games. In oh. the, I would like in the same style. Well, not, not not ironically the same. Not ironically, not exactly the same style because then I would be wondering what the twist ending would be. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I wouldn't call it a twist ending. It's just a, if you put, if you put the pieces together, yeah. you, you might call it maybe if you're really paying attention. But uh, I'd be... Seeing where all the pieces fit without yeah. being able to look at the I'd be wondering parts. if they did another game kind of in this style. I'd be wondering like... 
Why are you trying to trick me? Well, it's been a minute since I took these notes, in all honesty, so I don't know if they're working on anything new. Because, like I said, this was an older game for you and I to be talking about. A couple of months, probably. And so I don't know if they're working on anything else at the moment. Huh. It'd be well, nice to know. Yeah, sure. I mean, if, if, well, so this game's kind of under the radar. It depends on if they, if it's sold well. We can look them up later. See for ourselves if they. For all we know, they put something else out. It's like when we did a. We did um. Stories. Yeah. And that, uh, that, that, that path of destiny. Path yeah. of destiny. That they already had a whole other game out, and they're working on a third game. It was really mm-hmm. exciting. We actually, well, we oh, yeah. we we bought, but haven't played the second game. Uh, anyway, I'm gonna get sidetracked there. Mm-hmm. Talk about beating a dead horse. We'll just keep talking until this goes on forever. Uh, forever. <laughs> forever. Um. Are so you? So Blake's movie today is the Sandlot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no. Uh. I think that's it. Uh. The game obviously can't be. Uh, very, it's small, kind of an indie thing. Can't be very expensive. It's, it can't be more than nine ninety nine, ten dollars. We probably paid less because we're cheap. Uh, we played on Xbox. It's, I think it's it's on Xbox, and I've seen it. I think I've seen it on PlayStation. Uh, don't care if it's on Switch. Maybe on PC. Who knows? Play it on Xbox. Um, play it and uh, holler. Us, let us know uh, what you think of without spoiling it. For if you if you post about it or anybody post about it, let us know what you think about that ending. Without spoiling it for other people, maybe, or put a big spoiler tag on it. I like to know people think of uh, the journey and then the how they feel about this ending. I think this ending, because um, we almost paired the games together. I think this ending relates quite heavily to that uh, Bear With Me game. Mm-hmm. That, they have they have almost almost the same ending. They're real similar. Very similar endings. That's because one of the reasons we didn't want to put them together because like, oh these are. That was originally what we were going to do, but then we thought about it. Like, oh, let's spread them apart because then we were just talking about. Yeah, that's kind of cause another sibling. There's a lot of sibling games out there. Mm-hmm. But, it, uh, it, it makes for an easy dynamic and easy connection to audiences because a lot of people have siblings. Yeah. Or they have friends they consider siblings or they have a, a really close cousin, you know. Yeah, yeah. Except for those poor only children who are just desperate in need of attention. I'm not saying that in a bad thing, but like. <laughs> you want to tell you want to real quick tell the story of the the what me and Blake call the oh. the loneliest gamer. I don't remember his name. Oh hell, I don't know his name. Okay, but so, many many moons ago, me and Drew were playing a game. Transformers was it was it was a devastation was it? No no no, it was a uh, Dark of the Moon. Dark of the Moon. Transformers yeah. had online a uh, sort of like arena kind of co op, I guess. Mm-hmm. And we were playing with our, we were playing by ourselves, and just trying to get these online achievements. And out of nowhere, we just got real lucky, and had this third guy get on, and he was actually not awful at the game. Yeah, and he actually helped carry me and Drew through a couple of things. And while we're playing, uh, we sort of became friends. Well. Sort of like he would message us. Uh, it's like, are you guys getting on? And we're like, yeah, we're trying to, you know, we're trying to get some of the achievements on it. So sure. And we actually ended up, I think, one king the game because of the kid. Yeah. But then we got on, and then we started talking. It's like, oh yeah, we're brothers. You know, yeah. we're brothers playing in the same apartment. So he's on one side, I'm on the other. We're just hooting and hollering. And then out of nowhere, the kid just goes, "I wish I had a brother." And it was the saddest thing. And then we never played with him again. 
because we got all the achievements in the we game. Got we all were, the achievements. We were just done with Transformers. We were, we were done with Transformers, and we never spoke to this guy again. I feel awful about it, but it's also really funny, and it shouldn't be. But yeah, we're gonna lose some listenership there. <laughs> if loneliest gamer, if you're listening, I'm not gonna lie. I'm not sorry. I really just want. I really just wanted those online achievements. I just used you. I hit it and quit it. <laughs> I ghosted you, and I apologize to the masses for that one thing. But Transformers, Transformers was hard, yo. Oh yeah, <laughs> we still laugh. About it. We shouldn't laugh about it because it was actually really sad. But yeah. we still chuckle about it just because it was every just now, a, every now and then something something leads us to re- remember the the loneliest gamer. <laughs> That's all we could. Call. We I don't remember his name. I don't think we ever got his name. I don't remember his gamer tag. Nothing. No. But he was really into Transformers. I think that was like the only game he owned. He was always on, yeah. But <sighs> anyway, so after all y'all have left, let's have Blake try to sell you a TV show now that nobody nobody's listening anymore. The TV show I will be talking about today is the uh, Canadian uh, science fiction biopunk drama thriller. <laughs> Uh, called Orphan Black. Created by two fellas, a, a gentleman named uh, Graham Manson. He is responsible for a couple of more artsy, different things. Uh, he created Flashpoint. It was, went nowhere. Mm, uh, some show called Being Erica. And then a kind of a bigger one, I think, I'm not sure if it's still on the air, but it was called The Bridge. And it's like these two cops that monitor a bridge that um, separates like America from... Mexico, I think it is. Mm. It's just a real heavy crime drama. But my favorite one of his credits is he actually co-wrote Cube. Wow, really? Mm-hmm. Way back in the day? Way back in the day, 1996's Cube. If you've never seen Cube, watch Cube, but we'll do that another time. And then the other gentleman is a fellow named John Fawcett. He has uh, gotten a little... He's a little all over the place. But he's written and directed several TV shows. Uh, more more recently, he's responsible for several episodes of Titans, the DC yeah. live-action Teen Titans. Orphan Black, he directed and wrote some of the episodes for that as well, besides just the pilot. Dresden Files, the live-action oh, one. Man. Yeah. Uh, several episodes of Xena Warrior Princess. Some like, movie... like writing? Did he writing credits? Writing and directing credits. Yeah. As well as... He wrote and he wrote the story, not the screenplay. He wrote the story, and that was based on a, a thing called the Dark. I don't know much about it other than it stars Sean Bean, so I'm pretty sure he dies in that movie. Mm-hmm. Just Guar- guarantee. But my again, my favorite of his is he wrote and directed the first Ginger Snaps. Oh yeah, and that is a fantastic movie as well. So 
as you can see, their credits don't seem to have anything to do <laughs> really with what yeah. we're going on. Well, actually, kind of, it's got the drama, it's got the thrill, and it's got the sci-fi element. Mm-hmm. And even the biopunk, I guess, with engineer, you know, genetic engineering and stuff like that in some of these shows. But I don't really want to spoil too much about this show. Yeah, Orphan Black is a show of secrets. Just know that it got five seasons, and it ran for 50 episodes. Mm-hmm. And it thankfully, uh, when it ends, we were kind of happy, honestly, yeah. because it gets an ending. We were worried that some shows... Actually, a lot of shows overstay their welcome. Orphan Black ended almost at the perfect time. It was like, please, let's not take this any further. Because yeah, it, at moments, it kind of drug and kind of went in odd directions. Yeah. But I think they knew they were going in odd directions, and they kind of started snipping it. Yeah. And it, it, they snipped it and trimmed it down. Yeah, and you it, saw it kind of spread its wings a little bit, like in directions it should go in. They're like, eh, next up, next episode, they're like. Oh, that's the, I didn't have. I just kind of forget about that. We just did that. Uh, so you gotta you gotta say something about it. You can't just yeah yeah. Well, I'm I'm gonna briefly describe like the first. I'm I'm gonna describe some of the characters and how great they are, and then I'm gonna describe like the first ten minutes of the first episode, and hopefully that'll be enough to pull people in. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, we have a lot of really good characters. Uh, our main actress is a woman named Tatiana Maslani. Yeah. Very, uh, very wonderful actress. Yeah. Uh, as we go in, explain, as he explains what she does for this TV show, I love her for this show, but I feel bad for her because this is one of those shows where... Uh, it won't It won't. She won't, she won't ever be challenged or pushed or shine again, probably anything like this show. Granted, I think she just... Now, nah, it won't be any good, but she did just lay into... Did she land She-Hulk or something yeah, she's recently? Supposed to be, uh, she's just a voice or is it live action? We don't. I don't know. I still don't know. Nobody knows. I'm but she's, really she's, hoping that it's live action. But. Yeah, so she's she's about to be She-Hulk in some, to some extent, whether it's live action or just a voice. We don't know, but as we explain what she does in this show, uh, words can't describe how talented she actually is and what she what she brings to the show. It'll be one of those things, like a perfect example. Like as much as I really, really love uh, How I Met Your Mother mm-hmm. and Allison Hannigan in How I Met Your Mother, she won't ever be as emotional, yeah, as she was as Willow and Buffy. Yeah, she never, she never topped she it. I mean, we're, we're talking, we're talking twenty years later, and she's done nothing close to Willow. It's impossible to go down that story arc, but yeah. I mean, I still love Allison Hannigan, and I love How I Met Your Mother. But I also love both of the Vampire Slayer a lot more. Yeah, she's in the ballpark of anything she does. How much her mother doesn't even come close to I mean, her. There are emotional parts, and she yeah. digs deep. But it's never going to be the character. Will like, there's just certain things you hit that you won't ever be basically, as emotional. Basically, everybody in Buffy. <laughs> yeah, it won't ever be as emotionally investing yeah. as certain things. But I'm gonna try not to spoil too much. Um, I'm gonna go down the list a little bit. So, you could, so as a as a leading thing to be confusing, why don't you just list off the uh, list off a couple of characters by just their names, mm-hmm. but just the ones, and oh, then yeah. say who 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 plays this list of characters. Okay. <laughs> this list of characters, uh, there is <clears throat> Sarah Manning. Played by Tatiana Maslany. Maslany. 
Allison Hendricks, played by Tatiana Maslany. Kasima, played by Tatiana Maslany. Helena, played by Tatiana Maslany. Beth Cooper, no, Beth Swan, played by Tatiana Maslany. (laughs) Rachel, played by Tatiana Maslany. And a few others. Yeah. To say the least. And then there is a gentleman named uh, Jordan Gavris, who plays Sarah's brother, Felix. Well, I think they're adopted brothers and sister. Yeah. And their adoptive mother is a woman named Siobhan Sadler, played by Maria Doyle Kennel. Mm-hmm. And she's wonderful. All the acting in the show is wonderful. Top notch. Not just Tatiana, but everyone does a pretty bang up job. I think it's amazing. We haven't explained why she's got so many credits in this, but standing next to what she's doing, everybody kind of holds their own. Yeah. And they go through their own personal spirals. Like Felix. <laughs> I love Felix. He's a wonderful character. He is also a uh, flamboyant homosexual man, flamboyant yeah. gay man. And he's. Not ashamed of it by any means. We have one of our, uh, back when Jessica collected pops, they had one of our favorite pops because there was a scene multiple times. Well, maybe one, maybe it was one scene where they come in, they busted on him and he's painting. Yeah. But like, a bit, he's only wearing an apron, so he's like faced away and he's like painting and, uh, and you see his butt hanging out the back of the apron. They made a pop for that. Felix that's just him in the apron with his butt hanging out holding, holding a paintbrush. An orphan, well, orphan black. He talks about he only paints in the nude. Yeah, that's that's how he only. But they paints made a pop. In. They made a pop of that. <laughs> he does wonderful. And then there is. Did we see his actor in something else? I feel like we he was we, rec- in, we recognize him from something else. Not cult. He was in the Curse of Chucky. Very briefly, he's the one at the opening of the movie. He hits on the girl in the wheelchair and delivers a package, and that package ends up being Chucky. But we saw that after Orphan Black. Though. After Orphan Black okay. or during, yeah. I don't think it was done at that time. But he he popped. Yeah, they're that. still it's making like, they're still making Chucky movies. But it was really weird. He yeah. popped him in that as like super macho, like "Hey girl, how you doing?" Hit yeah. and, and I'm like, mm, "That's not the well, Felix." We, I'm. Yeah, yeah, we saw a bunch of seasons of Felix. <laughs> and he, he does. He goes through his own emotional roller coaster. Everybody does. Everybody yeah. does. Then there is a gentleman named Kevin Hanchard, and he plays Detective Arthur Bell, Art Bell, mm-hmm. and he is investigating a uh, several Jane Doe's and disappearances. Mm-hmm. And we'll leave it at that. Yeah. Where Helena may or may not be involved. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then another gentleman named Donnie, and he is whole, he has a roller coaster of oh, a ride. Donnie. So, Donnie is with... Uh, Allison. Allison. They... Are so good and so funny together. There, I was just we and Jessica and Blake were like, I want a Allison and Donnie spinoff. I want the Allie they and could Donnie do their show. yeah, they could do their own show. They're so it, it'd be a comedy because Morphin Black's funny sometimes. Morphin Black's more of a drama, but it can be funny. They're like this weird funny side, like this little this little married couple who just do all these and live in suburbia and all this. But the stuff they get into, and he causes some of his own problems, and she tries to fix it, and she causes some problems. But there, there's a whole part, a whole season that has a pretty good focus on them, and they're just like, give them their own show. Like they're, this is, I mean, I don't know how long the show could have held up, but they're the chemistry is, between that those two characters is so immense. And granted, like we said before. Allison is Tatiana Mislani, but uh, 
it's so it's so strange and so funny how great he is. And he's a phenomenal actor. And you haven't seen it yet, but he he's in a uh, uh, Macy. No, no, the dude. What's his name? Donnie's actor. He's in the new movie with a uh, name. No, no more. What is that? Hide and seek movie. Oh, ready or not. Ready or not. He was in. He was in ready or he, not. He's in ready oh, or not. But yeah. that'll be fun. He's funny. He has a crossbow in that movie. And then the last uh, kind of bigger dude is you should recognize him, Drew. The dude who played uh, Aldous Leakey. Yeah. Was uh, Matt Fewer F R E. W-E-R. Who recognized him from Honey, I Shrunk the Kids? Yeah, he's the neighbor from Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Yeah, who thought he was still acting? And he was also in um, Eureka. Oh, that's right. He was in Eureka. Oh, yeah. And that was so a fantastic show, great too. Show. Well, yeah, we that might be one we talk about another time. Add that to the list. Yeah, I forgot about that show, honestly. Okay, so how do you explain, uh, without spoiling it, how do you explain what Tatiana's doing in this show? Okay, I'm only literally going to describe probably like the first 20 minutes of the first episode not even 20 minutes I don't think okay but <clears throat> Tatiana Maslany is playing uh, Sarah Manning who's a bit of a uh, she's sort of the sort of the lead of the whole she's show she's the lead yeah like a lot Sarah, of the stuff falls around, yeah. revolves around Sarah she has a kid you forgot to picture her kid yeah I didn't write down the girl's name I don't think she's done anything besides this show but Kira speaking of kids who aren't good <laughs> I don't. I don't remember ever liking Kira. She's okay. She is what she is. She's just. I mean, she has a jacked. She has a jacked up life. Exactly. She she does. She does do whatever she has to. But we're not going to worry about her right now. But what the main story is, uh, Sarah Manning is a bit of a layabout, junkie, worthless mm-hmm. kind of not worthless, but she's just not great, and so she ended up just running away from her problems. Mm-hmm. She left her brother, Fee. She left her mom, Siobhan. And she left her daughter, Kira, with her mother, Siobhan, and just ran out. Stepmom. Well, not we're a foster mom, right? Yeah, adoptive mother. Yeah. And just ran away to do her own thing. Drugs, drinking with a boyfriend, and all this other stuff. Just partying. She's young. Just partying. Yeah. She comes back after, uh, I guess, a revelation. I think the dude beat her. And she didn't like that, and so she whooped the crap out of him and maybe a few other people because she can fight. She's a scrapper. Yeah. She's like a little uh, what's I'm looking for. She's like a British hooligan almost. She's she's mm-hmm. real tough in her accent, and so she's on her way home because she she wants her daughter back. She is tired of being on the run, and she wants her daughter back. So she just gets off a huge, long train ride. And she's at the train station, and she's, you know, she's it's a pickpocket. A sub, it's a subway. It's a, it's, oh, it is a subway. Oh, subway. And she's a pickpocket. She's making her mark. She's going through, you know. She's not entirely a good person. Yeah, she had turned her life so, around completely. So, she, you know, she's got to get some money so she can pay the cab to get to her mom's house. Because <laughs> she... And so as she's going through, you know, picking marks and taking some money, watch here, pocket there. She bumps into a lady who, she literally had watched this lady across the way. She, something's wrong with her. She's very, just not paying attention to anybody else around her. So Sarah's watching this mark. The lady takes off her coat, takes off her shoes, takes off her purse, folds everything up and sits it right beside a, a pillar. Mm. And so 
she they're all the as she, this is going on she's getting closer and closer to this lady who's taking off all the stuff and so the lady turns around and to like look at everything and briefly uh this lady and sarah make eye contact and sarah freaks out because this woman looks exactly exactly like her mm-hmm. and the woman is shook for a second because she sees her but doesn't miss a beat of what she's going to do she just throws her hands out spreads that's uh, not spreading but throws her hands out and then falls back into the oncoming subway and gets destroyed yeah causes a huge hubbub and Sarah freaks out why she's like what why does that woman look like me she grab her stuff. The first know. thing she does again, because of her pick, you know, her not so shiny nature, is she grabs the purse, the jacket, and the boots and runs. Because mm-hmm. she's like, "Hey, she didn't want it." And so she takes it. She's going through all the pockets, and she ends up finding the wallet. And it's a woman named Beth, and that's all she knows. And she goes, you know, she ha- apparently there's some money, there's some car keys. She has the address, and she's like, "Well." She looks a lot like me. Let me see what she's got. And so she goes to the woman's house. And, you know, she's got a nice house. A nice car. Apparently a really cute boyfriend. (laughs) And so Sarah just kind of says, Hey, I could take this money and I could definitely get my daughter back and show her and show Siobhan or Mrs. S that... I don't need her. I can be a good mother all on my own. And you'll say uh, she's not great at making decisions. No. And so this leaves. We're gonna. I'm gonna leave it right there. Yeah. That's good. That's 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 like the opening of the show. It's, it's that, literally the that, first. That's a good hook. Half the first episode. Yeah. And so there is a bunch of other stuff that's going on involving like where the show starts to where it ends. Is a trip. There is. Let's see. I'm not. I'm, I'm not gonna. I'm without context. Throw out words. There's caster. There's. <laughs> you just say random words. So the thing the is. The illusion. Yeah. The thing is, without spoiling the thing, what it does is Tatiana Maslany is playing a bunch of different people who all look like her. What's cool about this show and cool about what she does? Two things. One's just a camera trick. That her people, her 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 multiple characters will be on screen and will interact together and will touch and hug and everything else. They they all they interact and it looks cool. It's it's great. You can never tell that there's there's, there's surely there's surely there's camera tricks. There's people in wigs. You know there's there's lots of tricks to it. But what Tatiana pulls off with this show is any acting that's done where two of them are talking face to face. However they edit it together. Her acting is so incredible sometimes that you'll have two of these characters interacting and talking multiple times throughout five seasons. I would forget it's the same actress. And he'd be like, come on, Sarah, what are you doing? Don't talk to Beth that way. Yeah. Or don't, not Beth, but, you know, because, you know, Beth ate a train. Well, she kissed a train, I guess would be the term. Hit her like a freight train, I don't know. I don't know, but, uh... But it's a an astounding uh, display of acting ability, and that's why I worry that she will never have anything that will test her like this. Because you have whole scenes where it'll be multiples of the characters in there, and you will 
even still watching many seasons later, you'll just forget that like there's one girl doing all of this. Oh yeah, just one. Just I mean, Tatiana more, more than half the cast is Tatiana. Most of the, most throughout most of the show, and it's it's a, I don't know. There's there's just no you have to see it in action because you don't see the different characters right away. Like you have to get through the show and meet some other characters and stuff like that. But you've never uh, seen. Uh, anything like this. I mean, people would think, oh, it's just like, uh, um, like what United States of Terror, or United Split. States of Terror or Split or being Jessica watched this movie called Sybil a little while ago, like schizophrenia. Uh, Tatiana's not doing schizophrenia. She's doing, she's playing different characters who just happen to look alike mm-hmm. in certain ways and stuff like that. Uh, and the characters and her acting is so different between the characters that you just, you just, they're, they're, they're different people. A hundred percent. Yeah. Like I, I refer like, to them like as we, their character. Yeah. We we mentioned Allison and Donnie. Allison and Sarah are two completely different people. And to the point, uh, like I said, I mentioned it earlier is, um, we have Sarah who's like a, like a British street tough, a little punk. Mm-hmm. And then you have Allison who is suburban American mom. Hi. Yeah. And then you have Kasima who's like, Hippie, Seattle scientist. Yeah, a few other, a few other ones too. I don't want to spoil them all, yeah. but and like it's, she is very distinct. How she walks, how she speaks, and of course makeup goes a long way with like different hairstyles yeah. and clothing. Hairstyles options. and makeup are a lot of a lot of things, but uh, we will say that I, there is one additional character she plays, Helena. Without, spo- without spoiling what Helena is or what Helena does, we will say Helena is the only character in the show who has her own theme song. Yes, she's one of the favorites. She is a yeah. fan. Helena is a fan favorite. Yeah, she. Uh, she has she, several pops. Yeah, quite a few pops, but she does have literally the only character in the whole show who has her own theme music that plays when she's doing stuff, doing certain things. It's uh, quite incredible what her characters pretty amazing I feel like her characters honestly without spoiling I think her characters better in the earlier seasons yeah I think, I think they kind of waste her on the tail in there but she has a lot of growth and a lot of a lot of stuff happens with all the characters it's you can edit this part out please do no, no, don't 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 I don't, I don't want to don't, don't don't make me edit something <laughs> out let's just not say it uh, I don't know the show's incredible I don't know we didn't even check if it's streaming anywhere right now, but that you don't want to timestamp podcast we anyway. We watched it on Prime, I thought. We watched we? it on Prime, but things come and leave and come and go. It's, I think uh, stream it if you can, but uh, I think you, mean, you should buy a five-season Blu-ray pack by now. I think this is worth a purchase and worth uh, worth owning. I would love to get some Blu-rays sometimes. We haven't bought them yet. Buy some Blu-rays. I want to see some behind the scenes. Oh, yeah. Well, what 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 time? Ta- we don't know exactly what Tatiana goes through uh, trying to play the different characters. I heard her on, heard her on a podcast one time. I forget which podcast she was on. She may have been on ID10T. She was on ID10T. Tatiana. Was she on uh, Inside of You? I don't know. She was on a podcast one time. She talked a little bit about Orphan Black, but she was promoting something newer, I think, at the time. But uh, I would like to see behind the scenes of kind of what she what she goes through to get to get uh, to make this show happen. If you are curious about it, uh, it is still available on Prime Video. If you have okay. Prime Video, you can watch it uh, Direct TV and BBC America. Okay. Yeah, All those BBC streaming show. services. So cool. you can watch it today. 
is a right now. Yeah, it's just a crazy trip. I know we say that a lot. We we kind of just fluffing shows sometimes, but uh, if you want to see somebody act at the top of their ability and see somebody who's somebody you may have not heard of, Tatiana Maslany. If you haven't heard of her, uh, she's she's amazing. She's the whole. She's she carries the kind of kind of carries the whole show herself. Two things recently, I think while, no, one was after, one was during, she had a small stint on Parks and Rec as Mm -hmm. someone who dated Tom Haverford. For a minute, yeah. And then she has, if anyone's familiar with uh, Guillermo's Troll Hunters, Guillermo del Toro's Troll Hunters on Netflix, she debuts in one of the latter seasons of Troll Hunters, and then she gets her own show with her and oddly enough Nick Offerman as well. Yeah. Uh, what was that? That was the uh, Arcadia. I forget what it's called. I didn't. It's I didn't Arcadia. like this. No, that's a video game. I didn't like the show as much, but uh, she does play an alien. She's a she's a voice. She voices an alien for that. And for she the... does a good job in that. And then more recently, like we said, uh, as far as I know, she's supposed to be playing uh, Jessica Walters, She Hulk. Yeah. I don't know if she'll play the uh, buff version, but she should be playing the lawyer version. Yeah, she's a, she's a little girl, small woman, I guess. I say little Does, girl, small woman. She's a petite woman who um, can whoop butt. Yeah, so watch it, please. It's really, really good. Uh, yes, please watch Orphan Black. I mean, it got plenty of praise and appreciation while she it was won. On. She won every friggin' award you can win. Basically, act acting things like, she could do. She went on. She, <laughs> I think she won. Uh, best actress in a drama, and then w- that same night won best supporting actress in a drama, <laughs> <laughs> an Emmy or whatever. Well, I, I, yeah. I forget what they're what, what, whatever she ended up winning, but she won a bunch of stuff. I yeah. think just about she was. I don't think they won every year, but the show was nominated every year, and she definitely won a couple. She won enough stuff. I mean, she's pretty proud. I'm, I'm sure she's proud of what she did. I hope she gets more stuff, but it's just one of those things. There's, there's no. Once you see this, you're like, there's nothing you could do. They could beat this. That's just crazy. Uh, you got, is there, I don't, shows don't have it as much, I guess, but do you have a, give me one second to, I didn't think about that. Cause sometimes they do. Line. Cause, uh, Haunting Hill House had one. You're expected. <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> uh, I do need to grab the, uh, the intro. I used to, uh, had the intro to this show uh as as a ringtone on my phone for a while back when we were really watching the show pretty hardcore oh, really yeah that's an okay little techie kind of intro i guess i can't waste any more time hold on i'm i'm really trying here i don't know tv shows I mean, it's hard to tagline a something that runs multiple seasons see i see a bunch of stuff but it's just like like really related to like you can't buy us and stuff like that. Yeah, you can't buy us. I'm not your experiment. Hey, meathead, don't call me that. Yeah, stuff like that. Or, it's, just, it's just quotes from the show. Yeah. Oh, I did read. I did read this. Um, oh my god, brain work. I think did I? I think I took note of it. I just forgot to talk about it but I think another where'd it go where'd it go I thought that another I think Japan 
was doing a Orphan Black TV show. Like, they're, they're doing their own version of a Orphan no, Black we, TV we show. You should have looked it up before we got on the podcast. I know. I've, I swear that it was Orphan Black. <sighs> Online fandom. Okay, yeah. Japanese remake. It's called Orphan Black Seven Jeans. And it launched December 2nd, 2017 with the South Korean actress and singer who plays Sarah Ayame. Who is... And as far as I know, it's still going. Really? Doesn't say anything about it being canceled. 27 remake... Yeah, as far as I know, it's still going. It's so strange. Mm-hmm. We'll be telling the same story. Huh. March 2019, a new series set in the Orphan Black universe was in the early development stages at AMC. Hmm. Yeah, AMC's just desperate. Yeah. It's going to put, put out their third Walking Dead show. I know. They're scrounging. They, they, they have nothing happening right now. It's awful sad. But let's go ahead and end this and go get some lunch. Okay. All right, buddy. Everybody, uh, thanks for listening. Uh, you know all the social media stuff that I skipped on the front end. If you want to hear that, go to a different episode. You know the stuff: the Facebook, Instagram, Twitch, Reddit, Spotify. Just search for our name. We tend to pop up in pretty much all the places. Again, if you want, if you want to join our team and help us get this podcast out a little quicker, maybe get on the schedule. A lot of fire under our butts. Make this thing happen a little quicker because we got plenty of games to talk about. It's just about having the time to make the podcast and get it out there. Uh, just email me at uh, twosmokingcontrollers at gmail.com if you're interested in joining our team. And that's all I got. I want to wish everybody a good evening and good night. <laughs>